what things do you guys look for from a preferential standpoint, right? Like, is there a certain type of song styles that you guys like? Do you, does your pastor need to look a certain way? Like, what preferences do you guys have with this? Do I care about like what jeans he's wearing? What size jeans he's yeah, wearing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll tell you Twitter. what I don't like. <laughs> I mean, there's some things there. I'm like, those are too tight for your body. I, I really do not care that you are preaching on Sunday. I, I worry about your circulation, you know? All right, welcome back to the Restoring Our City podcast. My name is Jocelyn. I'm joined with Jobin and Bejoy, and we are here for another episode. And you know what? I'm not even going to say what this episode's about just to start it off, but I'm just curious, guys. Like, how's you guys' weeks going, and how was Sunday? You know, what did you guys do this Sunday for service? Sunday was good. Uh, you know, went to church um, and took a friend uh, to to a church because he was uh, in town. It was really fun. Um, and obviously, we had a live stream, our local service, because uh, my little guy's nap. But good. It was, it was good. Um, f- definitely felt recharged. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually went to a local church uh, in the city. I had every intention of going into the burbs, um, but ended up uh, going to a local church. But it was good. It was like it was just kind of nice. You know, nice Sunday. No, it's beautiful. And then, yeah, even for us, we kind of made the trek out to the church that we attend in in the suburbs. But, you know, more recently, we've just kind of been exploring different options around the city um, as well, which kind of brings us to the point. What is the point of this episode? Um, We're going to be talking about church and church cultures, you know, at a, a broad spectrum. Is your church too cool? Let's talk about hipster church culture. So. Going with that entire theme, you know, we were sort of church hopping a little bit, seeing what else is around the city. And even before we could do that, we had to kind of come together and be like, hey, what are we looking for in a church? So just from your guys' perspectives too, you know, if you have been church hopping in the past or even currently, you know, what do you look for when you go to a church and to try to decide, hey, this is a place that I could belong to, or this is a place that maybe, you know, is not for me. What What are you guys looking at? What are you looking for? Um, I think it's, you know, it's really, it has to center on a Christ-centered, Bible-believing church, and you get all the, the Christianese phrases there too, right? But like, man, when the word is preached, is it pointing to Christ and Christ alone, right? And like, that is the centered focus. I, I think there's community aspects to it too, right? You want to make sure that there's a healthy community. I, I have a son and my my wife, and I want to make sure that they're like, areas of need are met are met as well right like they have to be fed and so do we have a children's service or do we have daycare there's some some of those logistical aspects of it too that really play into this and and we are moving soon and we have to like plan this out too we have to figure this whole thing out too so i think there's some logistical aspects but i mean it all boils down to like is this a bible believing church that really preaches the gospel and doesn't water it down at the expense of anything you know that's great. How about you, Bejoy? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I also think, you know, uh, a church that is doing their part in the community or different things to help advance the gospel, right? So it's not very internal focused. 
So what does that look like? Uh, what kind of programs do they have? What kind of, you know, missions oriented things do they have? What are they doing in the community? Like, you know, that's easy to, to be a part of too, you know? So I think that's, that's important. No, that's really good. I, so I think more broadly, you know, Joby, you touched a little bit more on like the theology of it. And then uh, Bejo, I think, you know, you brought in that evangelism aspect into it too. And I think that's kind of where we fall too, right? Like is what you guys are saying in line with what, scripture actually teaches and at the same time you know what is the mission of this church right are we just all kind of huddling together every sunday or are we like doing something for the gospel and you guys would be surprised but almost every single church that we attended does this in some way shape or form so that goes to the next question right like at a high level we get it but preferences matter just like with dating right like sure you could theoretically throw any two christians together because the foundations should be the same, but hey, guess what? You got to do that and you realize, wait a second, preferences do play a part in this. So let's go into a little bit more nuanced with this church conversation. What things do you guys look for from a preferential standpoint, right? Like, is there a certain type of song styles that you guys like? Do you, does your pastor need to look a certain way? Like, what preferences do you guys have with this? Do I care about like what jeans he's wearing, what size jeans he's yeah, wearing? I mean, I'll tell you what Twitter. I don't like. I mean, there's some things there. I'm like, those are too tight for your body. I, I really do not care that you are preaching on Sunday. I, I worry about your circulation, you know? When, it's, <laughs> when, it's, when I can count the coins in your pocket, I'm like, dude, what, what's happening here? <laughs> I, you know, I grew up in a, in a very traditional church and there's something to be said about that. Like I loved being able to walk in and feel like, like God is there, right? Like there's this reverence and you get that in the Catholic church, you get that in like the Orthodox church, you get these in like a lot of these traditional churches where there's a feeling of, you know, like God is there, God is big, right? He reverence. And then you walk into some of these churches I've been to and it's just so relaxed. Like you feel like you're, hanging out at a community center, you know, and people are walking in with their coffees and they're like chit-chatting and, you know, maybe they snuck in some Wendy's. I don't know. Right. But <laughs> it's just so like relaxed, which I think, you know, speaks to some people who want to feel like that they're welcomed and it feels welcoming. But I also think that it kind of takes away from God becomes more of our pal sometimes, you know, during game night or something than like, our rescuer you know like mm -hmm. this this authority the, you know like that kind of a thing so i i definitely i'm drawn more to that reverence than i think i am which is kind of the you know hippy dippy <laughs> it's <laughs> hippy it's almost like the come as you are phrase yeah. has been overextended a little bit right and i feel like we've taken it like come as you are i do not care like i mean i grew up in a church where we had to wear like dress clothes all the time your sunday best right and we'd have our church clothes, you know, and it's like, we'd always dress like that. We wouldn't be caught wearing jeans. We'd get ostracized, you know, scarred for life, you know? So it's one of those things where some of those things have gotten relaxed as we've gotten older and things like that, but there are still some churches that still do that today. So I, I do, I feel you there, but joy, because I think there is this reverential aspect to a lot of churches now that they're building a lot of attractional kind of things to bring people in and it really kind of erodes the reverence to what God's house is supposed to be. Someone told me once that they walked into one of these mega churches and they felt like all of their senses were heightened. Like 
all you know the music the visuals the video like it was just this huge like there's no difference in being at like a concert or whatever it may be you know and so someone was just like you just it's just you're engaged all the time when again it, it might work for people who are not comfortable setting foot in a church so it in, it brings them into an environment that maybe they can relate to you know but i think sometimes that overpowers i don't know i just feel like we're dressing up or trying to make church cool you know no, that's that's a great point because you know it's funny because you know joby and i kind of grew up in that same environment and when we kind of explored a little bit, there are some churches that, you know, literally with their worship set or with their songs that, that they're sitting, there's, you know, uplighting, there's smoke that's like coming down. It's like, what kind of filter are you using on your mic? And, you know, people are genuinely like worshiping. I'm sitting there like, this is too distracting for, for me and my context. But that really brings up this inter- interesting question, right? Well, what is that line then between like being relevant and culturally like, you know, bringing in the context of what's going to fit your congregation and, and reverence, right? Like, is it mutually exclusive? Does that mean that these churches that are kind of making some, a little, paying a little bit more attention to the production value, does that mean that they don't have reverence? Like, what do you guys think is that line or what kind of standard are we going to use to say, hey, this is the line between like, you're too relevant and you're, you're giving up reverence versus you're you're not paying you know enough attention you're caring too much about the style versus like what the heart actually is you know where's that line for you guys look at the end of the day and jobin said this too it as long as the gospels like the word of god is being preached the gospel is being preached like you can do whatever else you want on the peripherals right as long as that part is not being diluted you know i think the problem too in some of these churches is that the message is so surface level or kind of watered a little bit, then you add everything else onto it. And then there's somewhere in there, the truth is being like decorated, you know, uh, to be presentable. So, you know, if you're, as long as you're preaching, you, you believe in the gospel, then all the other stuff that you decide to do that, that to your point, it is a preference thing, right? Some people are going to be, they want the more traditional prayers and the hymnals and that's what they resonate with. And somebody else might be like, no, I want the worship band. And, you know, I want, you know, body surfing during communion, right? Like (laughs) whatever, (laughs) whatever it is, like that's, that's your preference. But as long as the gospel is not being watered down. It's like interesting though, because like when you say jokingly, I know body surfing, but like, how does that point to Christ? Right? Like how does the, not to say the smoke and the uplighting and all this stuff is, isn't, is bad. Right? Like, but there might be, you know, a tangible reason if you ask leadership, Hey, this is what we feel like we can draw attention to the song or up. Uh, you know, highlight the music. I don't know what the, the reason is, but like, I know there's a documentary about Hillsong that's uh, kind of all the buzz right now. And, you know, talks of manipulation, even with the songs. I haven't watched it, full disclosure. But, you know, when we say we're going to sing a song or we're going to have this kind of aesthetic in worship, what is the reason? And if it doesn't boil back down to pointing to Christ to glorify him somehow, some way, because if the lights don't work, can you still worship? And if your gu- guitar string breaks, can you still worship? You know what I mean? And if all of the aesthetics fail around you, can you still worship? It's like, I hope so, because at the essence core root of it, it really needs to be about Christ and not anything else. You know, that's great. And it actually reminds me of that Matt Redman song, right? Like if we know the song, um, 
um, what was it? Uh, coming back to the heart of worship. I think when he wrote that song, you know, his, his church really did have a lot of that production value elements, but there was a Sunday when he wrote this song and it was just him and acoustic guitar in the congregation and the question, right? Like I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you, when the music fades and all is stripped away, like, can we still worship? And that is, you know, that's a great way to think about it, Joby, right? Like how does this actually point back to Christ? And maybe it can, uh, maybe it can. Um, I think my worry with this entire relevance culture um, if we were kind of coming back to that question is, is kind of like you said, Bajor, right? Like, does this go back to the gospel, but then also a little bit more beyond that is our preaching too one-sided and, and not balanced, for example, right? Like, yeah, we could take uh, the concept of God wants to bless us out of context and you end up with the prosperity gospel, right? I think a lot of times today, uh, we only speak about Jesus and, and God as if he's like our best friend, right? Like, you know, like uh, what a friend we have in Jesus or like, you know, all those kind of like songs, but then you don't, you, you forget like the entire reverence part, right? Like God deserves, has the power to spite you right now. The, the fact that you're breathing is is grace, right? Like don't forget that he's your best friend, but he's God. Um, or, you know, even going back to, I think a lot of culture now where, you know, Joby, you touched on it, come as you are, but a lot of times the preaching is just, you know, there's grace. So you can stay as you are, right? Like, so there's a lot of things that are out of balance for me, uh, too. And I, I worry sometimes, right? Like if we pursue relevance, then we're going to end up out of balance some in some way, shape or form. Do you guys agree with that? Disagree with that? Do you see that in our churches now? What are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, dude, that phrase that you said, I mean, that's that's gold right there. You know, come as you are, but we're not meant to stay as we are. And you're absolutely right. I think that is where that line starts to get kind of blurry is because a lot of these new age, whatever type of churches are like, come as you are and stay as you are. We still love you. Jesus still loves you, all this stuff, right? There's some truth to that to some degree, but if you're really a follower of Christ, He's going to change you. He's not trying to make you stay as you are, you know? So that's, that's huge, man. And, and I do see that in some of these churches that I like I've seen and been to where it is very much on that acceptance. Everybody, we're, you're good. Exactly. How, don't, don't ever change KIT, you know, had a great summer, like all that kind of stuff. Right. No, completely <laughs> so agree. True. What, you know what? It's funny that you even mentioned the song, like what, what a friend we have in Jesus. I haven't, heard that song in such a long time except this last sunday because the sermon was about how good of a friend jesus is it in spite of all of our other failed friendships and he had, the the pastor i just wanted to message this or reference this because the pastor said it in light of paul talking about when i stood up for the gospel and everybody deserted me the only person that stood with me was christ in second timothy chapter four and Literally, because he took a stand and was ridiculed, guess who's the best friend you ever had? And then when you mm. sing that song, how, how, man, how important, how impactful is it? And so who needs the lights? Who needs the smoke show, right? Like, it's like, man, when you tie the message to worship and everything coincides, like, you really don't need the extra stuff, right? And I think when you say come as you are, but not stay as you are, right? Because what a, if you really tr truly stand for Christ, what you do stand for could be offensive to others, right? And people sometimes don't see um, the hard road it takes um, and the tough stand it is, right? And they might feel really comfortable with the cookie cutter version of church, you know? 
Oh yeah, that's that's beautiful. I mean, well, definitely well said, um, as well. So you know, a lot of the, the things that we we touch on are again thoughts that um, always just swirl through in my mind. But I do like that we didn't just take the route and say, hey we want to go back to some sort of traditional vision of what the church ought to be because i think you know the diversity within churches is also uh, something that's glorious right like when god sees his church he doesn't see just the churches that say liturgies on sundays and say this is the correct church or just the churches that are you know pastor hipsters with sneakers and these are the correct churches you know it's something for us to even keep in mind for ourselves when we kind of judge in some senses in a human form church to church to, to remember that God is also glorified in the diversity that we feel uh, within the different churches. And I hope that we can take those kind of stances and remember that as well. But could I ask a question then? Because sure. there are also really successful mega churches, right? Like they're mega for a reason. And there are people who are coming in. And I, I'm not trying to say that every one of those churches are bad, but do you feel like there is some something there that is of value, right? Like that they are accommodating and there is a coffee shop because it's, you know, maybe a good place of employment for some people in, in their congregation. And there's, there's maybe good things about it, right? Because part of the culture that I'm noticing is now there's a documentary about a church and then it's like tearing it down. And then there's a podcast about a church and it's tearing it down. And it almost seems like, Hey, it's kind of trendy to tear down Christians. And I think there's some hardcore evidence in these things, but mm -hmm. is there some value in some of these things where now culture is targeting the church too, to say, Hey, you know, what you're doing is wrong. You should take away your tax exemptions. Right. Like, is there some value in, in some of these things aren't merited? The criticisms aren't merited. I mean, you know, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast where, you know, it's like, yeah, there's failures in the church and there's failures and all these things. But at the end of the day, like people's lives are being changed. Right. And 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 they're turning their lives over to Christ. And so, yes, like we're in a culture where they're like tearing everything down and, and judging every pastor and judging every worship leader and judging all that stuff. And it's not perfect and it's not going to be for everybody. But I think the important thing is there something's being done there though, right? Like God's not letting this church fail, right? And people's lives are being changed by it. So yeah, there's some merit to, to what they're saying about like, you know, the failures of the church, but, you know, regardless of your mega church or not, like it's, it's hard to, it's hard to deny that lives are changed there. Yeah. And I was going to say too, you know, I think um, for the churches that are definitely in failure, I just wonder if there's, many smaller ones that while imperfect are still striving toward the purity for uh, the gospel, I think it is one thought, but secondarily, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, has to be in some senses, there, there is some merit to it, right? Like you have to, I haven't watched the, the documentary that came out on Hillsong. And if you guys don't know, there is one that came out, I think it's going to be worthwhile to, to watch it and wonder where's I think we talked about it, right? Where's the mission of the church, right? I think one thing that was striking about the Mars Hill podcast, um, which I listened to, it's a, a series out there by Christianity Today called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. But um, toward the end of that church's vision was the numbers, right? Like we want to get 50,000 people by in X amount of things. So it goes back to like, man, what's fueling the mission of this church? It really does does matter just as much as the theology matter, how we're going to live that out and impact the community and what that looks like um, matters uh, immensely uh, too. So, you know, I think for the failure parts, those things matter. And then uh, not to make it too long, but uh, just a 
going back to the concept of a mega church, I, I do think, you know, like, uh, I think the buzzword back in the day was secret sensitivity, right? Like when we're going to be a church that's very secret sensitive, it's going to be open to everyone. And I think you gain a place that's very welcoming, but you lose the ability to, you know, go that layer deeper of what you want to say, because you have to worry about offending people. So I don't know exactly where I stand with that. I think there's definitely value because you've seen many people come in and many of those people end up going to a different church eventually when they want depth. So I think there's, you know, despite imperfectness, like God will still redeem it. So those are my thoughts on it, Joby. I don't know if you wanted to add to that question. No, it's, it's interesting because sometimes when we are seeker sensitive, those features of the church sometimes take precedent over the message and the mission of the church, right? I recall church hopping with a friend because when I first moved to the city, he was new to the city and he's like, Hey, can you just come with me? I want to find a church. And I went to church with him and we went to one church and <laughs> I was like, we walked out of service and the, I asked him, what did you think? And the first thing he said is like, there's too many lights. <laughs> and it was just literally like neon light show. And maybe there was a reason for it, but all we could think of is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get, you know, shot in the eye by a laser. Right. And whatever the message was that day, whatever the worship set was, it was completely in the background because of all the lights and bells and whistles. Right. And that's what I'm afraid of with some of these churches, because if the features get amplified over the message, then you really dilute what you're trying to share. And I think that's scary for people who are truly, when you think about it, seeker sensitive, trying to learn who Christ is and know him. And then they can't because you put a different message right in front of that. Yeah, that's completely agreed. And it's funny because that's sometimes my worry about seeing sort of these, these Christian mini clips on like either TikTok or, or reels. It's almost like, did that pastor think about what would trend well on social media when he made this message? Or did he think about what would just be great for the souls of people? And hopefully it'll trend well or not, right? Like, where's the focus? Is that primary or secondary? Just like you said, Jobin. Yeah, I think, you know, there's this idea of like church being fun, right? But there's also that balance of realizing that church is also a hospital. You know, it's for people who are sick and, and it's not always just going to be fun and let's, you know, spring break type of thing, right? Like there's some heavy truths that are going to come there. There's some realities that we're going to learn about ourselves as in light of who God is. And there are things that we're going to have to deal with in our past and our present. There are things that are going to shift the way we think, right? So yes, church is cool and they want to paint this whole thing to it, but we got to be careful that you know, people don't get the wrong idea that that's what that church, that's what church is all the time, right? It's just this fun, cool place to hang out, but it can be a tough place too, you know? And that's the kind of people you want in your corner when times are tough, right? Like when I'm going through something, do I want, man, I really wish my pastor had Jordans on when he came to my deathbed <laughs> to pray for me. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not thinking about that, right? Like I want to make sure there's people in my corner and I think that's convicting too for people who are searching for churches. It's like, don't just try to find the most trendy church. Find a place that you can be plugged into and be part of a family, right? And who could be with you in the ups and downs. I think that's gotta be the most important thing. Yeah, you know what? Well said, that is a great note to end on. Just bringing it all back to community, right? The people that'll be in your corner, you know, in your highest of highs and your lowest of lows. Well said, Jobin and Pajoy. Guys, this was a, a great conversation and one that we would love to engage with you on as well. If you 
ever had any feedback on this episode and we have been getting some great feedback, you can always go to restoringourcity.org, hit up that Ask Us Anything link and send in whatever you want, as ridiculous as it can be. And we've we got some one crazy ones. We did. Somebody asked us if we we're going to do a battle of the bands again. Oh my God. <laughs> Whoever wrote that sent that in. Hey, like, hey, that could be a serious <laughs> one. Yeah, that could be like serious. We need to bring ago. it back. That was 10 years ago, guys. Come on. Uh, uh, sign up. Let us know if there are if there's an interest. That would be hilarious. You know what? If you if whoever asked that question, if you're willing to organize it, send us an email at some link. Front it's probably money. on the website, or or maybe a open mic. <laughs> open mic. Comedians Tying back too. to our last episode. Comedians are welcome. We uh, will put a gate in front of the audience so no one comes up on the stage. That's too funny. Maybe we should do that. We'll think about it. Well, if you guys got any great ideas of how we could also, uh, you know, engage our community, just again, go there and send it to us. We've loved having this conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So as always, guys, great conversation. I can't wait to see what we're going to speak about next. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check us out at restoringourcity.org. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify to get the latest content. The Restoring Our City podcast is hosted by Jobin Verghese, Jasmine Thomas, and Bajoy Samuel. Graphics by Claire Skelly, Alexander Skowalski, and Teresa Studley. Our music is Jazzy Abstract Beat by Coma Media from Pixabay. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.